Welcome to Dad Sense, a podcast for family men looking to grow their financial future. This podcast is hosted by Jason Fuchs, a dad and managing director of Sage Path Financial Advisors. Jason's goal is to help grow your personal financial future the right way. The conversation will center around dads, but everyone is welcome. Now, your host, Jason Fuchs. out there. If you're new here, I'm Jason Fuchs, married to the marvelous woman known as Amber, father to a 20-month-old girl, Jewel, who is absolute magic. I also happen to be the managing director of SagePath Financial Advisors, and at SagePath, we're here to help you grow your financial future the right way. As always, I'm excited to be here today, and to all of you listening, Thank you so much for joining me. You could be doing anything right now. You could be listening to anything right now. You chose to be here with me, and I appreciate all of you. What would happen to your business after a fire, a massive data breach, or the sudden loss of a key employee? Would it recover? How long would it take to recover? If you've never really thought about the answer to these questions, it's time to make a disaster plan. Operating your business without a disaster plan is like driving without insurance. It leaves you vulnerable to forces that are just outside of your control. And that's our financial topic of today's episode, steps to take to guard your business against possible catastrophes. But hey, if that doesn't apply to you, don't leave just yet. I have a great recipe for low FODMAP taco sloppy joes. (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. And I know you're wondering, what the heck is low FODMAP? What's wrong with this guy? (laughs) Well, if you have IBS or a sensitive stomach, you'll want to stick around for this recipe. I also have some great resources for you to check out regarding that as well. Before we get into that, I want to take a few minutes, share with you what's on my heart, what I'm most excited about this week. And as always, I want to hear from you. What are you thinking about today? What's on your mind? What are you excited about? How are you feeling? The email address is jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. My phone number is 904-366-9388. You can find all of that in the description of the podcast. And when you call me, you get me. (laughs) There is no automation. It goes right to my cell phone. And I love to hear from you. Amber and I, we just celebrated four years together. It's so hard to believe That four years have gone by. I mean, four years married, we're experts on the subject, right? (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. A lot has happened over the past four years. There's been a lot of good things and then some eh, not so good things. But I can't imagine not being with Amber. She's my best friend. I'd be lost without her. Our story is pretty unique. I proposed to Amber on a Thursday and she said, yes, go figure. (laughs) Lucky me, right? And on Friday, I asked Amber, I said, would you like to marry me today? I, I don't want to wait. And Amber replied, yes. So off to the courthouse, we went together. And it was incredible having that moment together. Just Amber and I getting married. It's something that I will never forget. Later on in the year, we were able to have a big old party with family and friends on an old steamboat in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. Super fun. And don't worry, no one got seasick. <laughs> <laughs> my my grandfather, we actually call him granddad. 
Everybody actually calls him Granddad. Uh, funny story, he actually has a plaque in our house that says Granddad's room, and we keep that in the guest room. And the standing joke is anyone that stays with us has to call Granddad and get his permission. Uh, just, <laughs> just a little fun thing that we do since he and I are so close. It was so neat because Granddad married Amber and I at the family celebration, and it isn't every day that one gets to say he was married by his granddad. So great celebration with family and friends. Amber and I were building a beautiful family together. I look forward to many, 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 many years together. I am just so happy to be able to call Amber my wife. I wanted to have her on the show today. She's actually starting a new job this week. Yep, clap, please. (laughs) It's pretty exciting. As you know, she's been laid off since March, and this is just such a great opportunity for her. So we'll have her on another time to get her perspective on that whole marriage thing. Who out there is hungry? I know I am. I guess maybe I'm always hungry. I don't know. (laughs) Time to talk about food. We're going to get into the low FODMAP taco sloppy joes. Again, that's the recipe I'm featuring. And let's get into that now. I have an incredibly sensitive stomach. A couple years back... I got pretty sick after several months of testing. I was left with what doctors considered IBS, which in my opinion means they, they have no idea what's going on. My doctor, he turned me on to this, or second doctor rather, turned me on to this low FODMAP diet in addition to a non-pharmaceutical supplement. And because of those two things, I'm able to manage my symptoms much better, although some days they're worse than others. FODMAP, it's an acronym for fermentable oligodimonosaturides and polyols. Yep, I completely butchered that. (laughs) WebMD states they are short-chain carbohydrates that are poorly absorbed in the small intestine and are prone to absorb water and just kind of hang out and and, and cause a lot of digestive comfort, or excuse me, discomfort (laughs) in some people, uh, like for me, for example. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I talking so much about my stomach? (laughs) I know I'm not the only one out there with IBS, and I know there are other people out there listening with other stomach issues. I've battled this thing for so long, I want to try to share as many resources with you as I possibly can, things that have helped me. So please feel free to reach out to me directly if you have other questions. I'm not going to get into any more details. What I want to talk about is the recipe I pulled from FoddyFoods.com. Great website. You can purchase food there. I mainly use the site for recipes like what I'm featuring today. A a classic Sloppy Joe, it's based on ground beef, but these folks, they've lightened it up. They've made it a little healthier and easier on the gut with ground turkey. Added a Tex-Mex flavor with taco sauce. I actually make my own taco sauce. It's just a blend of spices that are a little bit easier on the gut. This recipe, it's perfect for a weeknight low FODMAP dinner made in one pan. You can get it on the table in 20 minutes if you're organized. And you can make this without being FODMAP friendly. So all you do is just take the recipes that you like and substitute them for what I'm using. I've put the recipe on the blog. So head to sagepathfa.com. Check it out. Super good, completely different than anything I've ever done as far as uh, tacos are concerned. I've talked (laughs) enough about food, enough about my stomach, so let's transition into our financial topic of today's episode. 
steps to take to guard your business against possible catastrophes. I said it earlier in the episode, operating your business without a disaster plan, it's like driving without insurance. It leaves you vulnerable to forces that are outside of your control. A, da- a disaster plan, it can help your business survive a worst case scenario. Here are some steps to take to guard your business against potential catastrophes. This is based on a paper I published. If you'd rather read it, check out the blog, send me an email, call me. I can send it to you directly if you prefer to read it, whatever you need. Step one, you want to identify your risks. The first thing you need to do is ask, what are the biggest risks your business faces? Consider which disasters would be the most damaging and which are the most likely to occur. The list you come up with will depend on how your business is structured and where it is physically located. For example, a business that stores data on on-site servers, it could potentially lose more in a fire than a business that stores its data in the clouds. Both businesses, though, they might be susceptible to cyber attacks. Your business might operate in an area that's prone to certain natural disasters like flooding, earthquakes, tornadoes, wildfires. If you live in Florida, hurricanes, I mean, South Carolina, North Carolina, apparently. (laughs) As you list the risks, think about illness as well. Besides widespread infections that could shutter public-facing businesses, like COVID, for example, a single key worker becoming ill can interrupt your operations. There's a great checklist that includes these and other risks you want to consider. It's on the Department of Homeland Security's website. It's ready.gov, so be sure to check it out. Step two, address those risks. There might be actions you can take now to mitigate some of the risks that you've identified. For example, you can digitize your hard copy data. You can store digital data on multiple servers to avoid losing vital information in the event of a disaster. You can also update your company's digital security protocols to deter cyber attacks. You can take steps to reduce fire hazards like checking for faulty wiring. You can make structural improvements to defend against uh, extreme weather, hurricanes, earthquakes, whatever. Step three, make a plan. Mitigating these risks, of course, is not going to eliminate them. What you want to do is write a detailed action plan for each risk that you've identified. For example, when planning for a hurricane, consider how you will keep your employees safe, including how long before after the storm that they should remain at home. And next, you want to consider how you're going to protect your property. Do records or equipment need to be moved? Do windows need to be boarded up? Who will perform these tasks? Include a communication strategy in your disaster plan. You want to notify employees and customers of an emergency. You want to communicate the steps that you're taking to address their immediate needs and Keep them updated whenever there's new information available. Keep an updated emergency contact list. That list should include employees, uh, suppliers, any other professional contacts you need to reach. Decide who is responsible for contacting them before, during, and even after the emergency. 
Step four, review your insurance. As you create your plan, review your commercial insurance policy for any gaps you might have in your coverage. For example, commercial property insurance typically doesn't include coverage for flood damage. You might have to purchase a separate policy to cover some disasters like flood, for example. You also might want to consider business interruption insurance. Yes, it's a real thing. This can make up lost income if your business shuts down in an emergency. Now, the last step, number five, learn about assistance programs. Even if you're well insured, even if you have a great plan, recovering from a disaster can be extremely difficult. I mean, we've all seen what's happened as a result of COVID. Identify resources that can provide support and help you rebuild your business. If you need to replace property that's not covered by insurance, you might be able to apply for a low interest rate loan from the Small Business Administration. Check them out at sba.gov. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, we all know them as FEMA, they don't offer direct assistance to small businesses, but they might be able to provide housing assistance as well as funds to help employees cover necessities like food, clothing, medicine. Now to wrap this up, in an ideal world, you'd never have to use your disaster plan, but by taking the time and proper steps to prepare, you can be sure that what you're doing will protect yourself, your employees, and your business from the worst case scenario of a disaster. Remember, if you need help, call me, email me. If you want to talk about this more, call me, email me. I'd be happy to make myself available to you. The phone number is 904-366-9388. And the email is jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. That concludes today's episode. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. And now the part we all love, the disclosures. (laughs) And Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, it cannot be guaranteed and the accuracy of the information should be independently verified. Neither FSC Securities Corporation nor its representatives or employees provide legal or tax advice. Please see a tax or legal professional for your specific situation. Investing involves risk, loss, including loss of principal may occur. No investment strategy can guarantee positive results. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This show is meant for the general information and is not intended as specific investment recommendations or advice. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information presented here should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services offered through FSC Securities Corporation, FSC, member FINRA, SIPC, FIC, excuse me, FSC is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Sage Path is located at 512 Rosebud Lane, Neptune Beach, Florida, 32266. I can be reached at 904-366-9388 or jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. Mm-hmm.